In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pride turned angels into demons. That's what the demons are. The demons are angelic beings that are filled with pride, and this is why they become demons. Now, humility, to be humble, is what can make a human to become angelic. So pride makes angels into demons, and humility makes humans into angels. Humility, however, is the most difficult, most painful of all virtues. Now the devil, the devil knows that humility is the key to, to peace, human peace, and the, and the key to God's heart. And so the devil is very, very, very tricky in that he does a very good job of not allowing us as humans to see our own pride so that we don't grow in humility, so that we could be more like him. And so that's on a spiritual level, but even on a human level, our ego doesn't allow us to see our own pride. If we admit it and we saw our own pride, then we'd have to grow in humility. So what our ego does is it masks our pride by making us like make excuses for ourselves. For example, if you're ever out with your friends and your friend wants to pay the bill and you won't let them and you will fight them and then they pay the bill and you're angry with them, you may want to use the excuse that like, well, I was trying to be humble and I wanted to pay the bill. But really, truly, your motive is actually rooted in pride because you're not willing to allow somebody to do something for you. So you see how our ego can actually hide our pride from us so that we don't become face-to-face -face with our pride, so that we don't become humble. It's actually offensive to our ego to admit that we're prideful beings. Like, Abuna, who are you talking to? I'm a very humble person. <laughs> I tell you, I love that line. Father, I'm such a humble person. The statement itself is not humble. <laughs> The statement itself says everything about you. So the devil works. He's very, very tricky at not allowing us to face the, the, the true pride that's really underneath all of the motives and our actions. And so many of us, we make excuses. How do I know if I'm struggling with great pride? Now, guys, I, I, I came up with these, I came up with this homily only looking at myself first. I look at myself first. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't pretend to be what I'm preaching. The reality is, is that all of us, myself included again, are filled with pride. And so i kind of been praying with, what are signs of a person that's struggling with real pride? Maybe the pride that we're not used to. When we think of pride, automatically we think of a person who is arrogant or who's full of themselves. That's a type of pride. But pride takes on many, many different faces. 
So I came up with five different signs of daily pride that we, that we can struggle with. The very first sign of a person struggling with pride is someone who has a lot of self-reliance. Self-reliance. Now that means that this is a person who does not ever want to actually admit that they need help or ever will seek help. They want to rely on themselves to fix everything and to do everything. And they actually think in themselves that if I am not in control of this situation, if I'm not part of this, uh, compl- of this, of this uh, situation, that everything's going to collapse. Sounds a lot like, like Chaldean moms and dads, actually. <laughs> everything depends on me. I have to do everything. I can't ask for help. No one wants to help me, and it all depends on me. That's actually a sign of pride. Not willing to admit that you need help or you need guidance. And getting the help that you need is literally blocking the grace of God. It's telling God, God, I don't need you, is what we're saying, when we become self-reliant. Now, even in our own spiritual life, we think like, oh man, I've got all these sins, I've got all these problems, and I've got to fix them all. So then we try to fix ourselves, and then we fall flat on our face, and we don't actually change. It's because we're not depending on the grace of God, we're depending too much on ourselves. Self-reliance, my brothers and sisters, is a type of pride. I tell couples all the time, if your marriage is not in a good place, or even if you feel like it just needs a little bit of work right now, just needs some maintenance work, then be okay with going and getting the help and saying, you know what, right now, I don't have control of my marriage. Right now, my marriage is not great. I'm going to go and I'm going to sit with the priest or I'm going to go sit with a professional and I'm going to receive help because I can't do this alone. That's what humility would look like. Humility would be able to say, you know what? I'm not God. And I can't fix anything. I can do what I can do. But in the end, I need the grace of God. So humility is relying on the grace of God. Humility is relying on others to help you to come to God. And to be okay with the fact that you need help. I'm a, guys, I'm, I'm five years now a priest. I went to seminary for eight years. And until the day that I die, I will be seeking the grace of God. I will be seeking help from my spiritual directors and my friends. We need to be okay with that. It takes humility to rely on God. A second sign of of somebody struggling with great pride is someone who's overly critical and judgmental of others and of self. So you've got two extremes. Either we're obsessed and consumed and we become really good at looking at everybody and naming everybody else's faults and problems and, and failures and not seeing our own. Or we're the opposite. We condemn ourselves for every little thing that's imperfect inside of us and we're never satisfied with ourselves and we're beating ourselves up. Or it's both. We can struggle with both. Both of these, my brothers and sisters, are actually a sign of pride. To be obsessed and to be a professional at naming everybody else's imperfections is to say that I'm not imperfect. It's to say that I'm perfect. I'm good. Who of us, who of us 
in this church doesn't have an imperfection or a weakness. Nobody. And so this, this obsession with always picking up the phone and talking about the latest thing that happened, what so-and-so did and what they wore and what they did and all this, this is all rooted in pride. And we as a community, I see it a lot. As a community, we are literally, I say this all the time, we deserve Emmy Awards. We're literally professionals at naming the imperfections and weaknesses of other people and not ourselves. What humility would look like is when people are sitting around in a group and they're discussing a person's failure or their weakness, humility would say, hey guys, maybe we don't understand the full picture. Maybe we don't understand why this person did what they did. Just like when we do something wrong, we want to come up with a thousand different reasons to deflect and give excuses for why we did what we did. But when it comes down to another person, they're the worst person in the world. Why? So it takes humility to say, if I'm pointing a finger at you, guess what? Guess how many fingers I got pointing back at me? If I point at you, how many fingers do I have pointing back at me? Three. Humility is to say, you're not perfect and you're messed up in your own way and I'm messed up in my own way too. And guess what? We all need the grace of God. So we need to ask ourselves, are we overly critical? Are we overly judgmental? The third one is someone who is overly sensitive and gets extremely offended and defensive when trying to be taught. A person who's overly sensitive when they're trying to be taught. Now, what I mean by this is people who think that they don't need to be taught. Like, don't teach me. I got it all together. Don't tell me. My favorite is when I'm teaching something about the Bible itself, the Word of God, and then people come and tell me, Father, that's wrong. Excuse me? <laughs> Which seminary did you go to? And are you a professor of sacred theology? Oh, Father, you don't need to go to church on Sundays. <laughs> okay. Which Bible are you reading? I'm just curious. Right? Like the inability to be taught is sheer pride. The inability to want to be taught and guided is sheer pride. The, 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 like, assuming that how dare you tell me, and especially when it comes down to, like, personal things, like, you'll notice if a person wants to bring something to another person's attention about their actions, right away, who do you think you are, and this and that, how dare you tell me this, go, for, go look at your own self, and an inability to, to learn, we get defensive. Why do we get defensive? Why is, it, why is it such a bad thing to admit that, you know what, maybe we made a mistake, maybe we did something wrong, and this is not a direct attack on you. It takes humility to say, you know what, thank you so much for giving me that, bringing that to my attention, I'm going to work on it. Humility is to say, real humility is to say, a person who's humble would say, you know what, 
thank you for that. I'm going to go and pray on it and see if there's any truth to what that person said to me. So if somebody brought something to my attention, like actually just recently somebody brought something to my attention about my preaching and I, and like I wanted to get defensive and then I stopped myself. I wanted to get angry and then I stopped myself and then I asked myself in prayer, God, is there truth to what this person is saying? And if there's truth, help me to address it, Lord. You address it in me. That is what humility would look like. I'm not saying I'm humble. But that's what humility looks like. Uh, a fourth thing is, a fourth sign is somebody who is obsessed with wanting to be in control and having power. Now, control and power uh, manifest themselves in, in a multitude of different things. Um, power and money, power and status, Power in our having power over our children, having power over our uh, our, our spouse, wanting to control who our uh, who our children marry and what they marry into, and wanting to control our spouse and wanting to control what they say and what they do and who they are, wanting to always be in control of every single situation. Now, power and control only manifest themselves in anger. So if you struggle with anger that you cannot control, it's rooted in a type of power and control. If you have a lot of anger, you're lashing out all day at people, and you can't control yourself, it's because you have control issues. It's a type of internal mental OCD. Now, we all have anger issues. That's the reality, okay? But that's all, that's all because we all want to have some sort of power and control. Humility is to say, I cannot control, I can only guide and I can advise and I can help, but I cannot control people. I can only control myself. So, real humility is to say, I accept you for who you are, and I accept the situation for what it is, even if it's imperfect. Even if the situation is imperfect, I accept it, Lord. It takes humility to do that. Last but not least is unforgiveness. That's a big sign, a big sign of pride. Being unwilling to forgive and being unwilling to say, I'm sorry. Two things. I can't forgive you, nor can I ever say sorry when I'm wrong. That's pride. Wanting people to just brush things under the rug without actually having to take responsibility and own up to it and say, you know what, I am sorry for what I did. Great pride. Or, you know what, I'll never forgive this person for what they did. Who are we to not forgive? Who are we to not forgive? We all my brothers and sisters, are in need of forgiving and being forgiven. And so what we do is we over-exaggerate the things that if people have done to us. And basically what we're saying when we choose to unforgive is, you know, what this person did to me is bigger than what I did to God. It's bigger than Jesus' cross. It's worse than what they did to Jesus. That's what we're saying when we choose to not forgive. But unforgiveness is not giving that person a free pass to hurt you again, nor is it saying that what that person did to you is okay. 
Forgiveness is saying, Lord, I give you permission to do whatever it is that you want with this person because I will no longer allow what this person did to me to control me. That's what forgiveness say, says. I will no longer allow what this person did to me to have control over me. Lord, I need forgiveness too. So when we are able to recognize our own need for forgiveness, and I'm able to face myself as I really am, then I'm going to realize I have no room to hold anything against anyone. Because what do we say in the Our Father? Forgive us our trespasses as... Exactly. Forgive me as I forgive other people. So if I don't forgive this person, guess what, God? Don't forgive me. It's very dangerous. And so how do I grow in humility? The word humility, the, the Latin word, the first part of the word humility is humus. And the word humus comes from the word of just, it translates to dust, dirt. God created us from dust. And he said, from dust I created you, and to dust, from dust you shall return. To dust you shall return. Which means to say that all of us, no matter how much money we have, no matter how good we look, no matter what we have or don't have, at the end of the day, we are all dust. We're all dust. Now being able to admit that and recognize that is humility in and of itself. It's, it's, it's humiliating. It's humiliating to admit that we're just dust. At the end of the day, we can go fix ourselves up and we can make ourselves look perfect and we can have everything. We can have status. We can have everything that we want. But in the end, we're just dust. And to dust we shall return. Maggots will eat on our flesh that we worship. And today the name that we have will be forgotten tomorrow. We're all just us. And so we need humility, my brothers and sisters, to really truly see the living God. We need humility to grow in relationship with God. Otherwise, we're worshiping who? Worshiping ourselves. So we need to ask God today for the gift and the grace of humility. Now, let me tell you something. I've never seen God answer a prayer as fast as when I ask for the grace of humility. Like, I, literally, like moments later, I'm like flat on my face, okay? I'm like, all right, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I needed that. Humility is good for us because it helps us to see God as he truly is and as see ourselves as we truly are. And that's not a bad thing because God is the one that needs to be glorified in our lives, not us. So we turn to Mary and Joseph today, the two most humble beings besides God himself who walked this planet to teach us, to guide us, and to pray for us into growing in the school of humility. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit.